Greetings, Minecrafters, and welcome to another Minecraft discussion on this glorious, glorious sunny day. At least it's sunny in Vermont today, and uh, summer in Vermont is so good. It's brief. That's, I think, why we appreciate it so much. It's very, the good weather is so special here. Uh, anyway, my name is Kimberly Quinn, and I am excited to have a discussion today on how the ego is a mask, you know, and, and we've We've talked about this before as far as the ego being the evil twin or the opposite of the authentic self. So think of it as going to a Halloween party. And Halloween is my favorite, okay, or a masquerade party. And when we wear a costume, even though it's, you know, in that particular context, it's for fun, we are, you know, we are presenting as someone other than who we really are. You know, and, and what I kind of want to talk about today is is how ultra important it is to to you know, make sure we're checking on our ego, you know, just like we check, just like we check on anything else, you know, um, I'm thinking of, the, you know, the annual physical I just had a couple of weeks ago, and thankfully it was all really good, and sometimes people have to keep track of blood pressure, sometimes people have to keep track of blood sugar, sometimes we have to keep track of all other physical things, and we also have check-ins uh, with counselors sometimes and keeping track of anxiety and keeping track of depression. And spiritual, from a spiritual standpoint, it is extremely essential to keep track of your own ego because an unchecked ego um, can really, really cause damage. An unchecked ego can harm us. You know, and the ego can be slick. You know, I'm thinking of uh, the Star Wars, I think... It, was it the emperor who did that whole thing with Anakin with there is no good or evil, only power, you know, that kind of seductive. I'm thinking of like when Anakin got seduced to the dark side kind of thing, you know, the, the ego is all about these temporary fixes and it, it can be so seductive and so tempting. And it's because external approval feels good. Kudos feel good. Appreciation feels good. Fear in its own weird way. Is, is, is an ego fix because it has us feeling alive sometimes. Um, there are certain personalities who actually know a few who will create a crisis even when everything's going well so they can feel alive, And the which is also um, these can be other psychological things going on, of course. Um, but the, the ego is very involved in the drawing attention to oneself and also the need the need to feel pride over you know how we look or act or achieve or whatever and again i think it was wayne dyer i was you're talking about i don't even remember what the episode was but you know when he was talking about um you know the authentic self versus the evil twin of the ego and how when we get pulled out of our i'm saying the pull out of our frames part when we get yanked out of our frame or in these other people's frames and looking for all the external approval he explains that um the authentics when we're in authentic mode living in our own frames it doesn't mean the approval doesn't feel good. It does feel good. The appreciation feels good. Being noticed, acknowledged, feel good. The difference is the authentic self, your, two re your, your true, real, high-vibe self, doesn't need it or go looking for it. This is the difference. Whereas the ego needs and searches and craves, you know, um, craves, like we can crave sugar or cave, crave nicotine or cave, crave whatever, just like has to have it kind of thing. And when we cave into it, obviously, whatever we um, cave into, we reinforce and it makes it stronger. And we get sucked into this rabbit hole 
of the false self. You know, and and, it, and these, you know, the ego can really stretch and prey upon uh, low self-esteem as well, because um, obviously think of think of the correlation there. If somebody's feeling low self-esteem, they might, you know, you know, polish up their appearance or not. Either way, might to attract not good attention or to attract attention for things to to, to temporarily feel. Um, like they're have better self-esteem. I, I'm trying to think who said that to me once that sometimes when we, when we're not feeling enough, we're in a low self-esteem place. We are, we're drawn to be a human doing more than a human being because the being part, if we're not feeling enough as we are, we can often, you know, go do things to make, to, to get noticed. Sometimes even things that are good, good things, nice, good things for other people so that we can feel good about ourselves that we did something good for someone else, even though that's not mind full giving, that's authentic, that's mind less giving, because really what the agenda is or what the motive is there is we're doing the good thing so that we can feel good about ourselves, so that we can have other people notice that we did the good thing. And I'm sure even I'm sure you've all experienced people out there, and we're not we're not judging these certainly not judging them as evil demons. It's just sometimes that's where we are. I have, I was, I can definitely remember times throughout my life when I was there, mostly my younger years when I just, you know, I think most, you know, the backstory I came out of a home that was just very abusive and a lot of narcissism and not, not a lot of love and a ton of shame. And my house breathing shame was like breathing oxygen. So no big surprise, you know, when I went off to college as a young adult and stuff, I would, you know, I would get into these, you know, doing lots of good, you know, signing up for all kinds of, of things and volunteer things. And not to say that's bad. That's a good thing. It's it's the why part that wasn't healthy. It's the why because I enjoyed it. I remember putting on Thanksgivings for, for um, you know, uh, people who didn't have places to go. And I absolutely loved every second of it. It's just realizing the, the like the where it's coming from part. You can still but you can still enjoy it. You can feel good about it. But the, and if I'm honest with myself back then, a lot of it was because it, it helped me to feel good doing it and to have other people see me doing it that made me, that helped fill me up a little bit. I'm just being truthful because back then um, I wasn't in my frame yet. And when we're not living in our frames, this is some of what we do to survive, you know, that, that painful or even excruciating, excruciating feeling of not being being enough. So the ego swoops in and says, look, you can do this, you can do this, and people will see you at this, and you can da-da-da-da, and the ego just takes over, and we, if we're not aware of that, we can strengthen that, and, and, and then and then sort of get, you know, sort of, it's, it's like throwing dirt over the authentic self. We bury the authentic self, and she never goes away. She's always right there. She just might be in the backseat or the trunk. We've talked about this. And, we, and then we, we strengthen the, the false self and it just doesn't go anywhere good because we get lost. We get very lost. And then typically we get to, um, you know, our, our, our later years and definitely our midlife and we start the, ex, the excavation, you know, and then, and then we bring that authentic self, you know, right back into the driver's seat. That's how it works. You know, of course, the ego can, um, you know, can cause us to make these ridiculous social hierarchies. And, and even, and most of, as I'm sure everyone knows, I was listening, most of everyone knows that anything prejudicial or discriminatory, well, discriminatory is, of course, the result of prejudice, which that's the where the real big damage is done, right? 
and it's mostly unconscious, you know, it's mostly unconscious, implicit, uh, you know, but the ego causes, causes this sort of ridiculous thinking that there are hierarchies and, you know, that, you know, and um, it's absolutely absurd that we have, you know, we acquire these thought patterns. I'm thinking of one TED talk I did, I think it was New Hampshire, and there was another, there was a young man on there who had um, emigrated to the United States from, I want to say it was the Sudan, anyway, a country in Africa, and he, oh my gosh, this is off camera, we just had this, we talked for, I think we had lunch, we did have lunch together, we talked for like an hour, oh my gosh, was he interesting, and he says, think about it, you know, when we think about how, you know, different people are treated here, come from different countries, or for all sorts of reasons, you know, political asylum, and this and that, and he said, think about it, you don't have any control where you're born, we cannot control where we're born, yet, we often look down our noses at people for different reasons. And um, obviously, you know, color of skin and, and, you know, what what clothing you're wearing and, you know, whether you have a yarmulke or not, whether you're all inked up or not, whether, you know, you have 4,000 body piercings. I mean, who cares? But the ego, the ego is what does this, has this need to elevate, you know, it, and it's such a, has such a half-life to it, half-life to it. I'm going to feel, you know, elevate myself and feel better because of fill in the blank, right? Skin or clothing or um, monetary, you know, uh, title or salary or square footage or, you know, having a partner or whatever. And that, and in our own heads, that makes us somehow elevate. Like that's some kind of feel good fix. That's just so crazy. Think about it. That's all the ego. It's this seductive thing that just wreaks havoc in our minds and, and causes damage because obviously no one person is better than any other person. We all, we are also not our form. Wayne Dyer loves to talk about that. We are not our form, no matter what the form is, the color of the skin, whether somebody's in a wheelchair, whether they're missing an arm or a leg or that one of their senses is compromised. We, we are not our form anyway. So anything that's telling us we are and that we're, we're elevated for whatever reason it is, education-wise, any kind of way-wise, it's all just the authentic self's evil twin, the ego. And it causes pain because it causes separation. And, it, you know, and that happens because the person who's doing that is in this false place and is actually suffering, and they're not even aware of it, more than likely. And on that note, the ego also feeds on on shame, you know. So, like, especially currently right now, it's this gorgeous summer in Vermont. And I'm looking, I'm growing salsa on the deck, and I'm looking at the, which is amazing because I actually have 10 black fingers and toes. But every once in a while, I score. Anyway, I'm thinking of the ego feeding on shame like plants feed on miracle Grow. Okay, let's just say organic. We don't be feeding our plants chemicals. But anyway, it feeds on, also we're in Vermont, feeds on, you know, black, black compost, like the richest soil. It feeds on that and it helps the ego grow. And right now I'm thinking of an example is when elitism, I'm thinking, right now I'm thinking of like, well, yeah, actually financial elitism is also academic elitism for sure. And, And we can, you know, if you've ever, you know, been wherever and see somebody parading around and flaunting, you know, um, you don't say too many mink coats these days with the animal uh, activists and everything like that. But I remember a time, I don't want to pick on men. I love New York City. It's my city. So I didn't want to make sure I'm 
being clear about that. I'm just my memories are coming from being a kid. We go to the city to do whatever we went in all the time. And when we were、uh, in the Soho area, it must have been, or maybe Tribeca. And way back then, you'd see a lot of Jaguars, and you still see a lot of, you know, really higher end or very higher end. I don't know if that's the right phrase, but. You know, ridiculously expensive cars, and not to say that it's not okay to have an expensive car. Of course, it is. It's just, and then the, you know, the the, the Gucci and the gold and all this stuff.、Um, and that's a prime example. And I'm not saying everybody with everybody who's who has money is. I'm not saying everybody who has,、um, who has money. You know, I mean, like incredible wealth like that is elitist. I'm not saying that at all. I am saying, however, that certainly it's a thing that many people who have an elitist attitude and Are walking around, you know, ostentatiously, which is the right word here, with the jaguars and the dripping gold and the Armani and all this stuff. Not certainly not everyone,、um, but certainly it is a thing that some people who are in this, you know, ego place and you know feel the you know can can feel the need to wear their worth on the outside, and that's all the ego rewarding that stuff, you know.、Um, If I'm not feeling enough on the inside, you're gonna sure as heck notice I'm enough on the outside, and that is、um, absolutely a thing. Also true with fill in the blank with,、um, you know, sometimes in 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 higher education you'll see that you'll see some elevation over you know you know accomplishments and journals written. Again, I'm not saying everybody. Obviously,、um, being very careful here because it's not my place to judge anybody. It's just evident sometimes by what people say that they're having the need to elevate at others' expense, and no matter how you cut that up, whether you fill it in with education, square footage, title, salary, Jaguars and gold bracelets and Armani,、um, all the countries you've traveled to,、uh, you know, journals written in, books published, whatever, whatever, whatever. It's not all that that matters. People certainly have the right to work hard and have the second house on the beach if you want to. Whatever it, it's, it's how you present yourself to the world. I guess is what I'm saying, because people can do all that and not talk about it. In fact, I'm thinking of a, a guy. It's not a huge story. I know there are plenty of、uh, well-known people who are also like this. I think Jay Shetty mentioned it actually too. But when I was growing up, there was a guy in our town who owned just a lot of stuff. He owned a lot of you know big. Say big businesses, and、um, he he was like the lowest key gazillionaire I think I've ever seen. Not a billionaire. I'm not talking about that level, but for the town I grew up in, he he drove around this old pickup truck that had to be like 20 years old. He wore jeans and like a regular you know button-down shirt. You never would have known he owned all these things in, unless you knew. He was very nice. He just didn't have a need in the world to show any of that off. And I think it was I was you know I'm reading Think Like a Monk I, th- I think I'm inspired by Jay Shetty he's one of my new my new teachers he was talking about、um, oh was his he, oh this is it I've got it right here he's talking about a meme with Warren Buffett and Bill Gates standing side by side and the caption underneath it read 162 billion in one photo and not a Gucci belt in sight that just says it right there and then Jay says. You know, basically, no offense to Gucci belts. He says, "I have nothing against Gucci belts. You certainly have a right to have a Gucci belt."、Um, but the point is that if you're satisfied with who you are, you don't need to prove your worth to anyone else, and that's just awesome. And then he's got some other stuff in there about, you know, and it's not saying feeling authentically good about what we do for sure. That's totally great, you know. But 
or, or and to get locked into the pride of this and the pride of that as far as titles and salaries and and knowledge the pride thing like ruins the knowledge base you know it's kind of like if you're good at something you don't have to talk about it you know if you've ever met these these people like oh so and so is so good at whatever fill in the blank at you know baseball or skiing or whatever somebody who's really and truly good at skiing or or whatever it is doesn't have to talk about it cuz they're in their frame they know they're good they don't need to talk about it so that's all thing so ego the ego thing i can't say enough about spiritual health checklist spiritual health checklist so um again the ego is a mask you don't want to get sucked in and i think we started out with um or maybe we didn't so if we didn't i'm going to say the other thing i'm thinking about today that goes along with this and related is that i don't think there's a like a, an organized religion or a, any sort of spirituality i'm more focused on the spirituality as you know that you know top of the list is trying to get us all to be in the moment because the now is all we've got right the now is all we've got and uh and that's it the now is all we've got and um today's discussion with keep your ego in check just like we talked about the physical boxes to check and the mental health boxes to te- check spiritually and i had this talk with myself daily just i put it out to the to the universe i pray and i'm mind saying i pray cuz i pray every day all day long you know if i'm feeling like i've like a little like a little ego nudge or or surge i i'm so sensitive to it you know like aware sensitive to it and i i have to explore it because if that's my motive i ask for the strength to transcend that as much as i can as much as i'm aware of it which of course you know I'm a work in progress like like everyone else but the ego um diverts us away from our own authentic path this is the point so make sure to keep your ego in check this is Kimberly Quinn signing off from the beautiful northern Vermont have a mindful day